God is the God of the universe. God is the God of everybody. And that is what John was referring to when he said that the one that does not love does not know God. That the confidence that you must have in the word of God from within, that deep assurance, heaven is a state of happiness which comes as a result of living a useful life. The heavenly pursuit is usefulness. The heavenly pursuit is love. The wisdom of God, it is universal. It is universal because it does not belong to a certain set. Amen. So we have been considering the word of reconciliation. And our focus has been on the fact that we have discovered such a word. Amen. We have discovered such a word. We have discovered such a doctrine. And it becomes our responsibility as we see the benefit of such doctrine to consecrate ourselves to the propagation of that gospel. Hallelujah. It is for us to see the privilege that we have in the Lord. At times, because we do not apply ourselves to the word of God, we do not see the potency of the word. So, the extent to which we are occupied with the word and with propagating that word is quite low. We do not have much respect for the word of God that we have received. And it is not because we have chosen to not have respect. It is because we have not proven the word of God. Hallelujah. Because the more you prove the word of God, the more your respect for the word of God increases. The more your respect for God increases, the more also you see the foolishness that comes into your own mind as wisdom. And the more you lose confidence in your own wisdom. The word of God is a serious thing. The wisdom of God is a serious thing. There's nothing that can be compared to it. And the power inherent in that word, Paul calls it the exceeding greatness of his power. The power exceeds greatness. Now that is for you to discover. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It is not enough to just be told that this is the nature of the word of God. And this is what the word of God is. This is the treasure that the word of God is. It is for you to discover. It is for you to become aware of it for yourself. And it is not possible for you to become aware, to come to this place. See, some of us that we don't want to have any kind of thinking except the word of God. It is not because we couldn't think. Some of you, our thinking capacity had been exercised even to a higher degree than what you have now, that you think is powerful. We could think. Hallelujah. We could think. Our eyes were opened. We saw something. We became aware of something. And that is the reason why we gave up what it is that we think is wise and we 
are willing continually to give it up so that we might take hold of the wisdom that comes from God. We are sure that our own wisdom cannot produce the kind of results that we are looking for. We are sure that our own methods cannot produce the kind of results that we are looking for. We are sure that our own methods cannot make us into the kind of men that we want to be. Hallelujah. We are sure of that. Maybe you say, what kind of men? In this world, everybody has an idea as to what it is that when they become, it means that they have become successful. Those that are blind to spiritual things place success in material gain. But those that are spiritual see success beyond that. So people may have their goal as to what it is that they are targeting. That will make them feel accomplished. But the goal that I see for myself, it is not possible to get there without the word of God. It's not. There are goals that you can achieve without the word of God. For instance, you could make money without the word of God. Hallelujah. But I want to be a certain man that has money. You understand that? It is not that I want to be, I want to be a type of person that has money. The type of person underlined. I want to be a certain kind of person. That kind of person that then will have money. It is not possible to be that kind of person without the word of God. I want to be that kind of person that money cannot control. I want to be that kind of person that does not choose his steps based on the material gain or based on money. I want to be the kind of person that controls money and laces money in its place. I don't want to be driven and moved, made happy or made sorrowful by money. Hallelujah. Some of you, maybe your target is that you want to be married. And you say, oh, it doesn't take much to be married. Really, it doesn't. You just need money and a woman or a man who likes you. And that one, you don't need the word of God to get such a thing. Or you think you need. You don't need. Just somebody, or everybody has somebody that likes them. So you just need to find your somebody. And then you need money. Money to pay for all the things that you require for marriage. Then you marry. But I want to be a certain kind of person in the marriage. I want to be a certain kind of person who is married. It is not difficult to be called a husband, but there is a man that you could be that you will be called a husband. That's what I want. And it is not possible to become that man without the word of God. So those that think that success is just to possess something material or to have a material appearance of good may think then that the word of God does not play much of a role. And that is why then in their lives, even though they may sit in church, even though they may sit in church, they are not going for the word. There is no aggression. They don't have any aggression. There is no aggression. They are not looking for the word of God. They, when it is pre they hear, yeah, they get it. They try to keep some. But there is no aggression. They are not 
going after it. They are not pursuing doctrine. If we, are, we will be taught something, they will be powerful. But they are not pursuing, they are not attempting to arrange their minds. Their thinking is organized, their thoughts with doctrine so that they will begin to apply themselves to such doctrine. They are not interested in applying themselves to doctrine so much so that now the doctrine that they have learned will be illuminated by the Spirit of God. So that doctrine will become alive in them, forming in them their inner man. They are not interested because they see something else as worth pursuing. They see an external kind of success. You see, they see an external success as what it is that they are pursuing. Oh, what are you? I'm Professor so so and so. I don't understand that. Hallelujah. It is not because I'm not a professor. Hallelujah. No. I just don't understand how it is that a man will have that as his major target in life. I don't understand that. Not because it is not something. It is not, it is not anything. It is to set the bar very low. But you could set the bar high and be a certain type of man or a certain type of man, full of the Spirit of God, full of the wisdom of God, the wisdom from eternity, full of the love of God, an instrument in the hand of God, one who courts angels and angelic wisdom, and be a professor. You know, to be a professor is not something that you can be as to your inner man. All this external target that people set for the they pursue. You can't be a professor as to your inner man. You can't be a successful businessman as to your inner man. As to your inner man, you can either be a devil or an angel. Do you understand that? You can't be, have you thought about that? The kind of things that you set as target that makes you feel like this is what you are looking for. You can't be those things as to your inner man. You can only be them as to your outer man. Your, outer man. your inner man is good truth, love, wisdom. That's what it deals with. Hallelujah. That is why you don't send such things from here into the next life. Because it is not as to your inner man. But there's a kind of person that wears being a professor like a glove. That kind of person is the target. And you can't become that person without the word of God. The Bible says that God has given unto us everything that pertains to life and godliness. Hallelujah. And he has called us unto glory and virtue. Unto glory and virtue. God has called us unto glory and virtue. That is God's calling. That is what God has in mind for us. Hallelujah. Now, this glory and virtue is not in material pursuit. It is a spiritual thing. Hallelujah. It is a spiritual thing. And that spiritual thing we must be even as we are in the material pursuit. 
Please understand that. There is a man that you are before what you do. There is a kind of person you are before your profession. God has called you unto glory and virtue. This is the high calling. Paul calls it the prize of the high calling. It is that prize that he was willing to give up everything so that he may attain unto that prize. God wants to make something good out of your life. You, this is your destiny. Actually, in scripture, it is called your inheritance. It is called your inheritance because God himself stepped down into the earth, overcame so that this will be available to you. Because an inheritance is what we come and acquire and we leave behind for those who come after us, isn't it? Now, when God walked the earth, he overcame and acquired all the things that you will need in his human. He acquired it. Hallelujah. He acquired it. So in Corinthians, Paul said, he has been made unto us wisdom. He has been made unto us redemption. He has been made unto us sanctification. The Lord has been made these things unto us because he has made them available to us in his human. That is our inheritance. Hallelujah. So we have been called unto an inheritance. In possessing the inheritance, we become God's dream, what God has planned for us to be. And in possessing our inheritance, we fit into the frame of uses that God prepared for us. We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which were before ordained that we should walk in them. Hallelujah. So God has a vision for your life. Hallelujah. It is a spiritual vision that you must attain unto and demonstrate in the midst of the earthly things you are engaged in. And that spiritual vision, you continue with it after this place. God has a vision for your life. Tell your neighbor, God has a vision for your life. God has a vision for your life. He has called us unto glory and virtue. He has called us unto glory and virtue. God wants to build you up into something. Paul calls it into a house, into a habitation of God. That is God's vision for you. That is God's vision for you. And that is success. I know that at times this kind of thing may not be appealing. But I also don't know why it is not appealing. Because whatever it is you want to possess in this order you call success, when you possess it, you will discover that you can't really possess it. You will only be reacting to it. Listen, you will only be reacting to it. You can't really possess anything. Even your professional explain to you, you can't. It cannot form part of your inner man. There is nothing you could actually possess when you are holding money. Money is not a part of your person. When you build houses and you have cars, those of you have cars, the car has not become part of your nose. 
externally. The car has not formed part of your person. What you are doing is that you are responding or reacting to the car. It is your reaction to the car that makes you feel like you have something. It is your reaction to the car that makes you think you are something because you have the car. For instance, if you buy a very beautiful car, and then you step out of the car, and this is your reaction, that you are something because you have the car. And then you meet me, and I also don't think you are anything. How will you feel? <laughs> because if you want to be something, you will not be something in isolation. So you will care what I think. So me that you've stepped out of your car, that you are thinking you are something, you would wish that I also think so. But I also think you are nothing. Why? Because the car is not part of your person. You are the one who is thinking because of the car you are something. How can you be something on the inside because of a car you possess? It's a lie that you tell yourself. You only react to it. You have a lot of money. You can't possess it. It's your reaction to it. It makes you feel safe. It makes you feel like you will not lack anything. It makes you feel powerful. Huh? So that's your reaction to it. So when there is no money, your self-esteem goes. When you don't have a car, your self-esteem goes. When you see someone that has a house and you don't have a house, you don't have a self-esteem in relation to the person. Now, it is not that you don't have a self-esteem. My message is that it is the man within that is reacting to the situation and concluding that you have nothing to be esteemed about. You understand that? Me, my estimation comes from within. I measure myself from the man within. My troubles have to do with the man within. That's why maybe if you, when you get close to me, I don't mind many things. Because there's a man within. There's a man within. That man is the man. That's the person. Hallelujah. And if that man within is built up in God, then your reaction to these external, remember, you can only react to them. Your reaction to these external things will also change. And they'll be proper. They will put the external things in their rightful places. Hallelujah. They will be put in their rightful places as means of expression. Means of expression. That's what external things are. They are things that the inner man takes advantage of to express the will of God. That's what external things are. They are things that the inner man that has been built by God takes advantage of. Please understand that. So it means that whatever you pursue on the outside, the key thing is that the inner man, whether built after God or built after hell, is going to respond to it in a certain way. If you get money, your problem is not that you have money. Your problem is that the man within is going to react. And that is why some of you, you can enter into money and all you will enter into many vices. It is because the money means something to the man within. That man that has not been built after God. The money means something to that man within. And when that money came, you are going to respond. 
but you can also be built in a certain way that when that money comes, you will respond in a certain way. When that money is not there, you will not look down and say that, hey, my life is worth nothing. You will see that your life is worth something. Imagine you sit amongst millionaires. What will you do? You shut up. No. Your, your money cannot be counted into anything yet. Your money is in the thousands. What will you do? You sit in the midst of millionaires. What will you do? Would the man within, because again, it is the man within that will respond to the situation you are in. If the man within thinks that your treasure or what is to be treasured is money, then you will see yourself as a little person in the midst of the millionaires. You're the man within thinks that money is what makes a man. So that's how you're going to respond. So you will lose your self-esteem there. You will lose your voice there. You will become a small person there. But what if the man within is built and you sit in the midst of millionaires? That is when you see that these people are in trouble. That's when you see that these people need the Lord. That's when you will see that they are miserable. They need help. And then you, that you don't have anything outwardly, you can then see yourself as the one sent to them to help them. But if the man within is not built, they are the ones that you need. You need them because you think that wealth is what makes a man. Please, are you seeing the thing? So you could make taking hold of these external things your pursuit and neglect what God's dream is. Or you could pursue God's dream as to what he wants to make you so that you can respond to these things. So God has a dream. Glory and virtue. But this is what the enemy does. The Bible says he comes in to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So God has a dream for all of us. The enemy's work is to steal that dream. God has a man in mind, a woman in mind, full of glory and virtue, carrying the wisdom of God, a conduit of God, one by whom God is manifestly declared. An angel, that's what God has in mind. The enemy's work is to sell you another dream so that you will leave the dream that God has for you. You will leave pursuing the kind of person that God wants you to become. Then you will pursue something that when you were being spoken to about, it seemed as though it was something to become. But you get to the end of it and you realize that it's a mirage. Hallelujah. You get to the end of it and you realize that it's a mirage. That is what the enemy does. God puts Adam and Eve in the garden. That is the man of the church. That man of the church partaking of the things in the garden. That is his inheritance in possessing the things, the trees, eating of the fruit of the garden. He becomes what it is that God wants him to become. Hallelujah. Then the temptation comes in. What was the temptation? The serpent comes. Did God say that you should not eat 
the fruit. So we can eat everything except this one. He says that in the day that we shall eat it, we shall die. Hallelujah. What is the argument? You shall not surely die. Hallelujah. God gave them a dream to pursue. God gave them a path to walk on. That this is what you are supposed to become. Glory and virtue. But the enemy sold another message. He gave them something else and convinced them that this rather is worth pursuing. Tell them, I don't let the enemy convince you. The thing about the enemy convincing you is that it is not just about what the enemy is offering you. It is about what the enemy, through his convincing you, is denying you of. You are losing something. You are losing something. What you could be, you are losing it. You are losing something. It is called your birthright. Your inheritance. The enemy is not just giving you something. He is moving you away from your birthright. So you shall not show that. He knows that when you eat it, you shall become like him. Knowing good from evil. That is another dream. That is another dream. Hallelujah. And when the devil is selling you another dream, he you shall not surely die. Wow. Do you know what this means? You see, death is alienation from the life of God. Do you understand that? So if you go away from the path that God has chosen for you, you will miss out on what God wants you to become. Do you understand that? But the enemy say you will not surely die. In other words, you will not really miss out. This is also another way of being. You won't really lose anything. It's just a choice to also go on a certain path. And when the enemy comes to you to bargain with you, remember, when devils are speaking to you, convincing you to walk a certain unspiritual path, convincing you to engage in what is evil and to continue in your sins. What immediately you feel has nothing to do with the loss of your birthright. In you being convinced, the package is said that you will not lose anything. And that if you rather do not engage, what you will lose is the satisfaction of engaging. But aside that, should you choose to engage, there is nothing that you are really going to lose. This is the age-old trick of the enemy. And for many of us, we know it. Because it is when we succumb that we wake up and realize that we are naked. When we succumb, when in the height of the temptation, the only thing that we see is that you shall not surely die. Nothing will happen. You will not lose anything. When you finish, then you realize that virtue has left you. You are not the same person anymore. That is a lie. It means you have given up something. You have given up your better. You shall not surely die. You are selling out, giving up what you could be in God. You are giving up a relationship you could have with God and its consequences, its manifestations and the gifts and the glories that comes with it. You are giving it up. 
That's what you are doing. That's what the bargain is. But at the time of the bargain, the argument that you shall not surely die. You will not really lose anything. Rather, it looks like you'll be empowered. Hallelujah. You shall not really lose anything. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14. Follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. 15. Looking diligently. Looking what? Diligently. Lest any man fail of the grace of God. What is that grace? God's help coming to you. You can fail of that grace. Why? Because God comes in with his word to lead you on the path of glory and what? Virtue. To make you that kind of person that he has planned for you. Do you understand that? Said, looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. Let's go. Lest there be any fornicator or profane person as Esau, who for one muzzle of meat sold his birthright. I said, in the battle that you fight with the enemy, what is at stake? And now, you see, you must know what you are losing in the battle. When you don't realize what you are losing, then you just think that, oh, it's just a, a battle. If you lose, fine. Then it's a battle for your destiny. A battle for your destiny in God. What it is that you could be. Imagine what you could be. And some of us here, yes. What we could be, it's, it, creeps, it, it comes to us. It comes to us. So it's like God is trying to show this is your birthright. Hallelujah. The enemy comes for that birthright. It's a battle for your destiny. What you could be. I was talking to one of us yesterday and he was telling me his experience. He saw a dream. And the dream came to pass. Do you see? Now, to him, that is a milestone. You understand that? It's a milestone. Because now he's seeing that God has begun working with him. You understand that? He's seen that God has begun working with him. Now, this is a great thing. I don't know where you are with God. Maybe some of you are at the top there and you look down and that's here. But it's a powerful thing to see that, hey, God is working with you. The feeling it brings sends you further. It sends you further. It always pushes you further. Because you lack energy because you have not tasted your first uh, experience. That's why. If you taste your first experience of God moving, God's movement in your life, God's visitation, if God visits you one, you understand? You become an addict of that visitation. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why these things are important. So I think just your first taste is not there. See. So now this is, a, this is an important thing. Now this is what happened. Before the dream, 
came, that showed him that Charlie, God is, is like, me be. Do you get it? He was tempted because he was alone. For a long time, he was tempted to watch pornography and all its consequences. He was tempted there. So it was when he resisted the temptation, he fights this thing. He's not running away. He's going to fight it. He said he fought it, fought it, fought it, fought it, fought it, and slept. When he slept, then he saw that dream. And the consequence of that dream is that now he sees God using him. See, some of you, you cried at God, show, use me, use me. When God was coming, the enemy intercepted the coming of God and bargained with you to give up that birthright. Telling you that it's nothing. It's like a spell is cast over you. Like it doesn't even come into your mind. You are losing something now. Currently, as you are indulging, you are losing something. You are giving up your birthright. Imagine he had given in. That dream is not coming. And it may be, he, the next time, he may have a chance again to try again, maybe next year, by this time. It's true. Do you understand that? This is almost like the enemy preempted this. It's like the enemy sees this person saying, no, or bang BB, or bang BB. And he said, always, is a, that's what he was saying, he said, always it is like this. It's like before something is coming, the temptation becomes strong. It's a negotiation for your better. And your problem is that the enemy succeeds in making you think that you shall not surely die. You will not lose anything. You will not lose anything. You will not lose anything. But you are negotiating and what is on the table is your birthright. Is that what I'm saying? You are destroying your own land. Now you can get some good out of it. That's a deception. Please, you understand that? It's not like, oh, nothing happens. Some of you, that's what you think. And you have not measured your life to see. If you measured your life, you would say you have not gone anywhere. You have not made any advancement towards the kind of person, man or woman, God wants you to be. It's not a person who has information. It's a spiritual person full of the power of God, full of the power of the Spirit of God, full of wisdom, burning with the desires of heaven. One that cannot be defeated. One that cannot be pushed into fear. One that is formidable and can be trusted by God. One that works with God to fulfill God's agenda. This is what you are missing. It's not for one person. It's for everybody. It seems it is for one person normally because the enemy has succeeded in convincing majority of the people to give up their birthright. That's why it seems like it's for one person or it's for a few people. It's because many people are giving up their birthright. Tell them, but don't give up your birthright. That is what is at stake. What you could be. Always 
Remember that that is what you are fighting for. And don't let the devil sell you some agenda, some future. That is not a future. That's why I spend my time to explain to you the thing that is painted like this is what you can achieve. It is not it. Because you can achieve these things and you will fail because the man within is actually the project. The man within, the person within. Hallelujah. The person within. And those of us who have no respect for such persons, we are increasing. So you go, go and become that person. We will not be there to respect you. See, when we respect you, then you'll be happy. We, I said, we will not be there to respect you. <laughs> because there is no respect in that. Hallelujah. And like I said, your reaction to the things is what will bring you misery. You become rich, you become paranoid. You are in trouble. It's your birthright. So don't be like Esau. Look, when Esau was arranging with Jacob, all that was before Esau. Listen to this. All that, that's how Jacob was called the supplanter. Eh? The supplanter. That's another name for the devils that are fighting you. Supplanter. Supplanter. Do you know supplanter? He wants to supplant. I mean, he wants to take the place of, do you get it? Swindler, trickster. So you can look at the discussion between Esau and Jacob as a discussion between man and a devil. Jacob being that devil. Hallelujah. Jacob being that devil. And at the time that the negotiation was going on, all that Esau could see was that he was hungry. And that is where the problem is. And that's what the enemy does to you. All that you could see. So you have a strong feeling for something. You have a desire for it. You want to do something. That's all that you can see. That is magnified before you. All that you can see. Esau. All that Esau could see that he's hungry. And it's not as if when he eats, he will never be hungry again. Like you eat today, tomorrow you'll be hungry. All that he could see is that he's hungry. And this fact that he's hungry became more important to him than his birthright. So that he quickly negotiated and sold the birthright for a muzzle of meat or beans. He sold his birthright. Listen, he sold his birthright. He gave it up. So the enemy can corner you like that. But the Lord wants you to be aware today what you are giving up. If God opened our eyes to see what we are giving up on a daily basis. See, we ourselves give it up on a daily basis. And we try to turn around and after five minutes of praying to God, we say God has not manifested himself to us. God has not touched us. God has not so that is God's problem. We do it, isn't it? Yeah. We trade our birthright. We trade our birthright all the time. Then we say, oh, God should. But we gave up that birthright. We gave up our hearts. We gave up the promise of what we could be. Then we want to just pray and say, God, make us into that way. But we sold it in temptation. We gave it up. 
said he sold his birthright for a muzzle of meat. The next verse. For ye know how that afterward. So after he had, see, this is not about, oh, you can't repent to. Yes, and repentance is always available. You can say, oh, I feel sorry. I won't do it again. You understand that? But you have missed what was coming. That's the message. So you think that, ah, I finished eating the muzzle of meat. I want my birthright back. No, you, you have given it up already. In spiritual things, what we give up, we don't go back to take it. We do, that, because that circumstance is gone. Do you understand that? We can look for opportunity to try again in the future. But what you give up, you have given it up. You can't finish and say, oh, Lord, I'm sorry. Then you get it back. No. And remember, if you were at level 12, when you gave it up and it brought you to level 6, next time you start from level 6, not level 12, so if by giving in to such operations of the devil, by giving in to evil, you descend further. Meanwhile, your aim is to ascend. By giving in, you descend. You, now you are in pursuit of another goal, other than the goal that God said you should pursue. So next time we'll not meet you the same person. No, you will not be the same person. Do you know what God wants to do for us today? He wants us to be serious. So he's explaining to us how it works. He wants us to be militant concerning this thing. Because then we know that there is something we are fighting for. At times we don't realize it. All that we think is to, that we are keeping the enemy at bay. Do you understand that? No. So the enemy... Being kept at bay is only to allow you to possess your birthright. What you are fighting for is your birthright. The dream that God has for you. God's mind for you. His calling. That great man, that great woman that God has in mind. That is what you are fighting for. You are fighting to be great. Hallelujah. You are fighting to be great in this life and in the life after. That is what you are fighting for. And not greatness in the sight of me. I've already explained that. Every one of us was called to be great. Actually, when God gave me this topic, I was just confirming. The topic was called greatness. Hallelujah. Our greatness, our individual greatness. That's what God, tell anybody, God has called you to be great. Tell your neighbor again. God has called you to be great. Now tell yourself, God has called me to be great. That's God's calling. Don't sell it. And it's not like you are selling it for another greatness. It's a lie. When Adam and Eve realized they were naked, they were naked. Don't think that somehow you can be great and still give in to the enemy. No. When they were naked, they were driven out of the garden. Now, you see, we then go back and say, what if it was played before them when they were being tempted? That this is what will happen. Have you watched that movie before? 
that they fast forward the thing. So the person is about to make a decision. They fast forward and it plays out. What if Eve saw herself naked? Saw her husband naked? Who? Saw that they were carrying their things. Leaving the garden. No, no, I just want you to have a picture. What if they saw it? What if Esau saw that he is kneeling before his father and his father is saying the blessing is finished? What if Esau saw that before? I'm sure he say, hey! No, I won't give it up. But that is the nature of temptation. It is very difficult to see what you are losing when you are being tempted. And you have to force yourself to remember it. You have to force yourself. You know what the Bible said concerning Jesus? That made him able to endure. It said, who for the joy set before him? You see, it is the birthright what we are trying to be. Me, I have in mind what I must be as a pastor, as a man of God. You understand that? And that is why I'm constantly looking for what I should let go, I should leave behind, what the enemy is using to bargain that thing away. You understand that? If I don't, I will only have it as a dream. And I'll never become that thing. You understand that? I only have it as a dream. And that thing that is before, that's what will make you rise up and do things. That's what will make you sit down and study. That's what will make you pray, 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 pray. And you feel like stop and do something else. Stop and, and do something. You say, no, no, you are praying. That, that will make you give up some things so that you can pursue some other thing. That will make you the kind of person that God wants you to be. It is because you see that thing. And that's what the Hebrew writer said. said, for the joy that was said before, what was the joy? The joy of being our high priest. Because that was the reason why God came. So then the result is that now he has successfully glorified the human that he took on. So that we can now approach him and he can lead us on the path of salvation. He said, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. It is because of our birthright and the fact that we see what God, the hymn writer said, by faith we see the glory to which thou shalt restore us. But we see it. It says concerning the fathers of faith in Hebrews 11, Abraham, that he sought for a city. See, he was a pilgrim because he was looking for a city. If he had not the city in view, he says, he called himself a pilgrim. If he did not have the city in view, like what the scripture said, that if they had been mindful of the city from which they came, they would have had opportunity to return. They left a city. They left a certain life to attain unto a new life. He said, if they were focusing on that life they were living behind, they would have had opportunity to return. But what, what did they focus on? That city, which builder and maker is God. Whose builder and maker is God. That is how we fight. We fight by looking at the promise. We fight by looking at that birthright, at that inheritance. What God, what will I be? Because other than that, what is the point of fighting the enemy? Just give it. It is what you will be. It is what you will be. 
The Bible says that heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him. To suffer is to suffer in temptation. If so be that we suffer with him. Why are we suffering with him? So that you may also what, be glorified with him. There is a glory that we are looking for. And that is what the enemy also comes to bargain away. That is what the enemy comes to deprive us of. So you must know what the enemy is after. He's after your birthright. He's after your birthright. What can you become? So you say your life is slipping. You say you are losing yourself. You see that even the zeal, the energy to walk a certain path, it's like the enemy siphons these things away from you. Siphons it. Siphons it. Siphons it. So you come to a place where you, you don't even think God has any plan for you. Tell your neighbor, don't sell your birthright. That is what the fight is about. That's what the fight is about. Imagine what you could be if you successfully fought the enemy and won. Imagine what you could be. Some of you, you are occupied with certain things and it was the enemy that gave it to you. The enemy is stressing you. The enemy is doing many things with you so that you will fail to pursue the path that will bring you to where your birthright is. So many things going on. I said, all of it is to take your birthright from you. It is all to take your birthright. But we will not allow. Hallelujah. You see that after what he tried, so he would have inherited the blessing, he was rejected. That's a rejection. When you sell your birthright, you cannot have it. Because you traded it for that kind of muzzle of meat. For he found no place of repentance, though he sought it carefully with tears. Tell him, but don't lose your life. Value where God is taking you. Value, where, value what God wants to make of you. And remember, what God wants to make of you is the man within. The, man, the things without there, if the man within is being from you, you can lawfully, you, you still have your career, you still work. If you have opportunity, be wealthy. All of this is not, this is not about, you see, that's what, that's what the enemy says. God knows that. You see, God, the enemy is selling you a wrong picture of what it means to become what God wants you to be. It's like it's an inconvenience. But God's tactics is not also to tell you, oh, you will have all these things. Don't worry. Just be with me. That's not God's tactics. Because that way, you will be with God because of those things. God's tactics is that you leave all these things. <laughs> if you can leave them, then you can have God. That is God's strong man. That is God's strong woman. Oh, what we could be. What we could be. What we could be. Many destinies going down the drain. Places God planned for people to fit into still vacant. 
nations not having their best men available, their best women available, even in this life. Because those men, when they were being prepared to be saviors of those nations, the enemy met them and traded their birthright for a muzzle of meat. And they were derailed and they took another path. And those same men have become the plague that is destroying their nation. It is as if God does not want to give good men to nations. No. I believe that those that seek political power and seek to be leaders inherent in them is actually a God-given trait or desire to be leaders. But many of them at the crossroad where they will be made leaders of men according to God's way. So they will be saviors of their generation. They traded away God's birthright for them and then they took a different path. And they have become plagues. They have become pestilences. They have become the very demons plaguing their own people. When you look at our nation, it's like, so God, can't you just give us one person that is good? And I'm telling you how men sell their birthright. And you, you will also be 50, 60, and still we will be asking if God can't give us one good person. And it is because the enemy met you by the wayside and asked you, did God really say you should give up the love of money? But money is good. So you will not give it up. How can you be God's strong man? Did God really say that you should give up such sexual immorality and evils and jealousy and anger and selfishness? Did God really say you should give it up? That's what makes a strong man. Are you sure God said you should give it up? So nations seem to have nothing. Like for when you come to Africa here, like we there, actually it's the whole world everywhere. There are some people who they are lucky. They've had good men before. It's like, there's no one. The thing is that the enemy met many of these people. And there was a negotiation. They sold their birthright. Don't sell your birthright. You will become a savior of this nation. Don't sell your birthright. You become God's man at a vantage point to deliver the people that are in this nation. If you sell your birthright, you are no longer God's man. Even if you are sitting in God's church, you are no longer God's man. You are no longer God's woman. God can't trust you. God can't trust you. So there's so much to do here if we will not sell our birthright. But what is more beautiful is that there is much more to do after here. More work, more things to do. We have been called to fit into places. Don't sell your birthright. The Bible speaks concerning Samson. One day Samson came and said, I have found a woman uh, amongst the Philistines. Well, God's commandment is that don't marry from these people. Samson said, I have found a woman. Go and get her 
so that said, and something went down to Timnath and saw a woman in Timnath of the daughters of the Philistines. Wow. And he came up and told his father and his mother and said, I have seen a woman in Timnath of the daughters of the Philistines. Now therefore get her for me to wife. Hallelujah. Wow. This guy had begun the journey of trading away his birthright and he didn't know. It is this same woman Woman represent affections. Hallelujah. Desires that we are set on, even though God has already issued a commandment that this is not a desire you must have. This is not one that you must possess. And he gave up his birthright. He gave up his birthright. He gave up his birthright. May the Lord help us. Now we know what is a stick. It's not that that thing is a stick. It's because you are thinking carnally. And you think, oh, it will not affect my education. It will not affect me. <laughs> Your birthright is a stick. It's a serious thing. The enemy, you think that the enemy is focused on getting you into these things and destroying you this way for nothing. It's like the enemy is at work for nothing. For nothing. If you are allowed, what you will become is what the enemy is trying to stop. The enemy is trying to destroy your vessel. Turn you into something else. And the interesting thing is that you willingly give that birthright when the enemy is done with you. But we will not allow it anymore. We we'll fight back. We we'll fight back. We we'll fight back. We we'll push back. But we are unwilling to give up our birthright. The truth is that we, it does not yet appear what we shall be. So maybe if you were already the thing and the enemy is coming to take that, you say, no, we will allow. But you are pushing away the submission of the enemy so you can reach out for something. That's what you are doing. And it is worth everything. Because that's what God planned for you. That's what God planned for you. That's what God planned for you. May the Lord help us. May the Lord help us. May we remember at the right moment what is at stake. May the enemy not convince us to the point where we sell our birthright before realizing it. May the enemy not bring us to that point. May we see the enemy coming from afar off as that roaring lion, as that wolf that seeks to destroy the sheep. May we see the enemy coming from afar off. May the Lord help us.